Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hello, welcome to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening. It's great to be here because just like a lot of the other weeks, I have another amazing guest. I have Sarah Chris Meyer. She is a Catholic author from my general area here in the Philadelphia area. So, Sarah, I'd like to welcome you to Journeys in Faith. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Anne. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad you're here, too. And we have so much to talk about. Now, many of you might have heard of something called uh, the Catholic Bible Timeline and with, the, uh, with Ascension uh, Press uh, years back. I know that I was very much involved in that uh, particular Bible study, uh, and I'm so grateful to you, Sarah, for uh, being so instrumental in uh, producing that and, and actually helping to make that timeline and that Bible study series with Ascension. And Thanks. also, we're going to talk about an awesome book. I have to hold it up because it's one of my favorites. It's called Becoming Women of the Word. So that'll be part of our discussion for this evening. So again, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Yeah. I'd love for people to hear about your faith journey. So whatever you'd like to share, we'd love to hear. Okay. Um, I guess I um, always have had faith. I've always known uh, about God and known God ever since I was a little tiny girl. Uh, my family was all missionaries, pastors, evangelists. Um, my, my parents... Everybody pretty much that I that I knew when I was growing up was a very devout Christian, Protestant. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so uh, Jesus was a very big part of our life. The Bible was a very big part of our life and it just kind of formed a lot of the ebb and flow of everything that we did as I was growing up. And then in high school, I had a time when um, I guess like a lot of people sort of fell away from not necessarily from believing, but um, I got caught up in my own teenage angst and, you know, whatever is going on in teenage years. And it was actually through a cousin of mine that I started. Um, I was challenged to read the Bible on my own every night. And I know my parents had always told me to, but we don't always do what our parents tell us to do. And um, it, it was doing that every night, getting out my Bible and reading and listening and, and hearing from the word and struggling as I had a lot of um, uh, problems in my life at that time that I would bring to God in prayer. And then he started answering me from the Bible. And uh, through that, I developed quite a close relationship with him in my teenage years. Uh, and then in uh, after college, I, I met the man who was to become my husband. And he was a cradle Catholic who had totally left the faith. When I met him, he wasn't even Christian. Um, but he became, he, he had a, an experience with God through me, I guess, and uh, came back to a relationship with him and uh, went to church with me. We ended up getting married. And then suddenly he decided that he wanted to be Catholic again, which totally turned my entire world upside down. I'm sure it did. You know, I can't imagine. I know there's been many guests on Fiat Ministry Network who are converts and even some here on the show on Journeys in Faith. 
and I know that's a big part of your own journey too, because eventually, you know, you became Catholic, right? I, I became <laughs> Catholic, I guess you would say. <laughs> yeah, right. You did. You did. And the amazing thing was that you stuck with scripture and you stuck with a love of scripture. Yeah, I guess when uh, it was really hard to become Catholic, actually, and I, it, it's a long story of how I became Catholic. I don't know if you want me to, to tell all of Please that. Please do. We'd love to hear. <laughs> it's an hour show. We might as well, right? Okay. I'll try to tell the abbreviated version. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, basically, my husband started getting drawn back to the Catholic faith after, after we were married and after I got pregnant with our first. And um, when I had that little baby, he looked at me one day and he said, well, aren't we going to baptize the baby Catholic? <laughs> I said, are you kidding? That was not in the prenup. <laughs> that was, we, I had never heard him say anything but bad, really, about the Catholic Church. He'd, he had left it behind. And um, actually, I guess even before we had her, we had been looking for a new church when we moved and we were trying all these different churches and I couldn't find any that really settled where I, where I felt at home. I was really struggling with that. And one day he said, well, why don't we go to this Catholic church? And I said, why would we do that? You know, I'll go any Protestant church, but I wasn't going to go to a Catholic church. And he just kind of exploded at me, which he doesn't very often do. And he said, uh, you know, I have gone to 20 different churches with you. You could at least go to one with me. So I'm like, okay. So we go to this Catholic church and this was 30 years ago. And it was probably, um, I don't know, everything bad you've ever heard all wrapped up into one church. Oh, no. <laughs> At okay. least on that one day. You know, we, we walked in, there's people coming in late, leaving early, kids screaming. We can't hear the priest. He can hardly speak English. Um, it was just, I thought it was a disaster from beginning to end. And we walked out at the end and I was like, we will never have to do that again. And he looks at me and he goes, wow, I feel like I've been to church for the first time in 10 years. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and this sort of started to open up between us this rift where he felt himself drawn back to the faith of his childhood and to his Catholic roots. But he had grown up going to church, but not really understanding much about his faith at all. So I had all kinds of like theological questions and he couldn't answer any of them. Um, so that, that just put us in a really tough place. And it, it ended up, we had several years of just, um, he was getting more and more Catholic and I was getting more and more frustrated and confused and trying to find answers. And um, uh, I guess I should make a long story short. Um, we, at the same time, a lot of things were uh, falling apart in our life. We had moved to a new place and, uh, the job was not going well, and we were really struggling. And so I'm I'm struggling with my life, but at the same time, everything that I used to stand on firmly was, was kind of starting to crumble as I ask all these questions about what I believe and why. And I try to look at the Catholic view and my view, and I didn't really have very good guidance at that point. 
So I started going to an RCIA class. You know what that is, right? Of Christian Initiation mm-hmm. of Adults. So the classes for people who are interested in finding out more about the Catholic Church. And I decided to go for one reason, because I wanted good, solid reasons to prove to my husband why we could not be Catholic. <laughs> I was going to prove that it was wrong. And uh, it, it basically backfired, not not very simply, but um, I remember going the first day or two and um, actually the first week and I came back and I said, Mark, I've got my list of questions here. I had, you know, about the Pope and Mary and the saints and indulgences and this whole list. I said, all I want to talk about is who's God? Who's Jesus? Why do, why do we need a savior? You know, what is sin? I was like, it's a Christian church. <laughs> and to for me, that was like this huge revelation. And he's like, duh, you know, <laughs> you didn't think the Catholic Church was Christian. So I um, started paying a little bit more attention. And I in the in the course of it, of the things that they were teaching, I became confronted with um, with true teaching. I mean, I remember sitting through the course on baptism and the sacraments of initiation. And I thought, why did nobody ever tell me this like this? I've always believed it this, I just never heard it like this before. I could tell that it was true. And we had, um, in my past, we had been in so many different denominations. I was sort of used to being my own Pope or whatever, my own determiner of what was true. And that was a scary thing for me. And here I was confronted by this church that actually was teaching truth that you could come to understand instead of try to figure out on your own. So um, that's that started to be quite a relief for me as we went yeah. along. Yeah, that's amazing because I can understand when you're saying that the Catholic Church, I think, probably took some of the, quote, guesswork out for you, right? Because when you're in all these other denominations and you see how different uh, churches are doing things, that there's a lot of interpretation there that's not really spelled out, if I'm correct. Or they agree to disagree on things. Agree to disagree. Yeah. So I would hear from one group, you know, well, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not going to heaven. And others would say, if you speak in tongues, you're going to hell. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Or, you know, you can, you have to be baptized as an infant, or you have to wait until you're old enough to, to actually be making a statement with your baptism. And baptism's a pretty important thing. So how do these different people have, have different ideas about it? And it gets, it gets kind of confusing. So, yeah, thanks for sharing on that. I wondered with all of that in mind, what the question that's coming into my head was that as you became a Catholic later on, Mm -hmm. uh, what was it exactly about the Catholic Church that you liked the most that made you feel very appreciative for your faith? And I'm sure that you still do feel that way because you're still Catholic, right? And now you are a Catholic author. And I, I love the fact that you have incorporated uh, the fact that you were raised in a very uh, scripture reading and and in a family that was very appreciative of holy scripture, mm-hmm. and you've taken that with you. Yeah, well, especially that's with actually... your new book, right? Your new book, <laughs> "Becoming Women of the Word." So we're going to talk a lot about that during our second half of the show. I'm excited. Uh, by the way, it is one of my favorite books that she's given me. I'm so grateful to you, Sarah. 
Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah. So, so what would you say, what was it about the Catholic faith or what is it about the Catholic faith that you really like the most, some of the attributes of the faith? Yeah. Um, first of all, when I ended up becoming Catholic, uh, it, it wasn't because I suddenly felt that it was the right place to be. It was because I felt God calling me into the Catholic Church. And I actually had come to kind of a crisis in my life where I couldn't decide. And I was so afraid to go forward. And I was praying. And at one point, I felt the Lord speaking to me. And he said, you know, Sarah, um, who brought you here? And I knew that he, when he said that, I knew that he did. And I got so mad because I was in a position that I didn't want to be in because everything I knew that was solid under me was kind of falling away. It was a very frightening thing for me. And um, when I finished complaining, uh, actually, I got kind of a little visual in my head. It was like this green field opened up in front of me and he put his hand out to me and he said, I'm going this way. Are you coming? And I mean, I heard that in my head, not in a, a, you know, an audible voice, but it was so real to me that the Lord was saying, I brought you here. I'm calling you. I have something, you know, in mind for you. Are you going to come or not? And I was brought up uh, by parents and grandparents and all who said, you know, if God asks you to do something, you do it even if it means taking you to the wilds of Africa or something as a missionary where I did not want to go. And it was almost scarier for me to become Catholic in a way um, than to go to Africa. But I knew that when I, I knew so clearly that he had called me, so I had to follow him. So when I became Catholic, it was almost, almost felt like jumping off of a cliff into a big dark hole. Uh, it was very, very frightening. But on the other side, he met me there. And I threw myself into studying uh, everything that I could about what the Catholic Church taught, just trying, I figured if I'm going to be Catholic, I need to understand, I need to know what the truth is that's being taught. And as I began to understand it, the lights really started to come on. And you ask what, uh, one of the first things that I fell in love with about the Catholic Church is that the way all the truths of the faith tie together in such a beautiful way. And then when I started to see that in conjunction with reading scripture, the Bible came alive in a way that it never had before. And I always used to think uh, it was wonderful. So it was a very um, unexpected, beautiful surprise that the Bible had come to life in such a, a beautiful way. But one of the hardest things for me about becoming Catholic, this was uh, 30 years ago, I guess, was that there were not very many Catholics who read the Bible much or studied it, especially not in the way that I was used to. And I was used to everything that we did in gathering about our faith was around the Bible. Every Bible study, every meeting, every anything that we did was was centered around Scripture, and now all of a sudden it was not. It was sort of rope prayers or the Rosary or things that I didn't I didn't understand at all. So it was um, it was a, a very very hard place for me to be in when I became Catholic. Yeah, what a story, uh, and and. Uh... I, I was thinking about this as you were talking about the Bible, because I know from my own faith journey, 
you know, I think most Catholics that are adults have had a time in their lives where they felt slightly away from the faith. Mm -hmm. And for me, I know that when I got back in and jumped back into my faith, that one of the first ways I did it was from the Bible. And it's funny because I was talking with someone that I knew that was Protestant that was asking me questions about my knowledge about the Bible. And that made me question myself and say, you know what? I don't know enough about the Bible and I need to read it more and I need to know it more. Mm -hmm. And I know that for myself, that was a way that I really was able to dive back in uh, to my faith and really own it. So oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I just commend you for the work that you've done because I think uh, it is a wonderful way to evangelize. It really is. And, uh, and I encourage people that are watching right now that if you haven't picked up Holy Scripture, please do, because it is yeah. a great way to uh, to get to know the Lord. Right. Absolutely. That's that is the biggest thing. And that was um, you can get to know about the Bible, but then the Bible is also the word of God. And it's a great place to get to know the Lord, to get to know who he is, how he's acted, uh, to hear his voice speak to your life. Um, I guess before I became Catholic, um, scripture was like our sacrament. Um, it was the way that was the place we met God, the place we heard from God. And, um, so I didn't, I didn't know how to act. Um, I remember sitting in mass when I was a new Catholic and I loved the liturgy of the word. And I would sit here, you know, hearing all the connections between the old and new Testament and the responses and thinking, wow, they put this scripture in there. And, um, everyone around me was kind of nodding off <laughs> and then it time for the Eucharist and they'd all perk up and here comes the, you know, this is why we're here. And I'd be like, okay, ho-hum. <laughs> and it, it took me, took me a while to get to understand what the Eucharist was and to appreciate that the Lord is present there in the Eucharist. And I, I guess why I started, um, well, I started teaching Bible studies just to have a, a way to share that part of the faith that I knew, but it was also because I saw how knowing the Catholic life of faith made the Bible come alive. I wanted to share that with Catholics because I wanted them to have that experience too, to be able to put those two things together. You know, we've got uh, the, just like we don't have the Bible alone, we don't have church teaching alone. You know, it all fits together and it's very beautiful when you can experience the whole thing in context. And I wanted to share that with other people. Oh, thank you so much. You said that so well. Was there anything else about your Catholic faith or something about the Catholic faith that you found very attractive? I love the liturgy. Um, I came out of many different denominations. Um, most of them were not very liturgical based. They were more free-flowing, uh, non-denominational. Uh, I first fell in love with the liturgy in an Episcopal church when I was in college and um, just thought it was so beautiful and such a, a wonderful way to enter into God's presence and to worship. And uh, over, the, over the years of Go, then going through the cycle, the liturgical cycle every year, it has just kind of drawn me into um, a rhythm of life, I guess, that I have found deeply satisfying and enervating. I don't know. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it comes through in your writing and in the work that you've done. You've really done a lot. And I, I am going to read off some of the list of 
books that you have written. And as I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, that you were part of the collaboration for the A Great Adventure, right? The Great Adventure Great Catholic Adventure. Bible, Bible study program. Study program. Mm -hmm. And actually that Bible timeline, what was that like working on that? Oh, that was wonderful. Um, Jeff Cavins had come up with this incredible Bible timeline, uh, a way of getting to know the, the big picture of salvation history and seeing how the books of the Bible fit together in order to tell that. And I had the privilege of working with him than to build a Bible study program that was based upon that. So that before you study any individual book of the Bible, you first get to know the whole story of salvation from beginning to end. And then you see how the individual pieces fit into that. And in my experience, um, getting to know that is often one of the biggest contributing factors to people just getting on fire through scripture and really being able to meet the Lord in scripture because they understand much more that it's about Christ and how it interacts with their faith and so on. So it was a, a wonderful experience. Now, I'm really glad to hear that. And, you know, I enjoyed it myself so much. I, I had the Bible study. I used it. I, I did it at my church. So that was amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that some of the people are watching or thinking, oh, I remember I did that too. And yeah. And so we thank you. Now, I'd love to read off some of the list of your other publications for people to check out. I'm just going to go through this list here so that people can become aware. And also, Sarah's website is comeintotheword.com. So you definitely have to check out her website. There's some information there, too. There it is. It's up on the screen, comeintotheword.com. And some of your li list of books are Becoming Women of the Word, How to Answer God's Call with Purpose and Joy, Create in Me a Clean Heart, 10 Minutes a Day in the uh, Penitential Psalms, Lord, Make Haste to Help Me, 7 Psalms to Pray in Time of Need, The Bible Timeline Guided Journal, uh, and your, the books that you are a contributing author are Walk in Her Sandals, Experiencing Christ's Passion Through the Eyes of Women, Gaze Upon Jesus, Experiencing Christ's Childhood Through the Eyes of Women, Bible Studies from the Great Adventure of Catholic Bible Study Program with Jeff Cavins, The Bible Study Timeline, The Story of Salvation, Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible, Previously a Quick Journey Through the Bible, Matthew, The King and His Kingdom, Acts, The Spread of the Kingdom, James, Pearls for the Wise Living, Psalms, The School of Prayer with Tim Gray, The Prophets, Messengers of God's Mercy with Thomas Smith. There's more. There's more. Uh, Hearts of Flame Bible Study with Gail Summers, Genesis Part 1, God and His Creation, and Genesis Part 2, God and His Family. What a wonderful list of books and publications that you've been involved with. It's it's a pretty humbling seeing them all written out like that. It's um, yeah, it was been, it was a great experience writing those Bible studies and being able to uh, teach them with a group locally here in Paoli, where I was a patient. A, um, uh, I was I belonged to Saint Norbert's Parish in Paoli, and they were 
very helpful in pulling it all together and making sure that the questions were relevant to people and worked out well. And it was, it was great writing those Bible studies. And now the books have been wonderful also. Two of them are journals just that help people learn how to pray with scripture, which is a, a big goal of mine to help people learn how to meet the Lord in scripture, hear from him and actually pray with it. So uh, it's been a joy to be able to do. What I really like about your writing, Sarah, is that it's not just reading. It's very interactive. I think that mm -hmm. the, the, the writing that you're doing invites people to really think about what they're reading and to do something about it, right? And to make Christ a bigger part of your life and to pray more. So that, that's where I thank you, because I think that you really have brought that very deeply into your writing style. And uh, it's just very good. It, it's very, very Thank you. good. That, I'm glad to hear you say that because that really is my goal. Uh, less head knowledge than like not so much teaching, uh, giving people fish, but teaching them how to, they, how to fish. Is that the little saying? Um, I want to help people to come into the text as though it's a, a garden room maybe and sit there and hang out with the Lord and get to know him. So and Always that's really most that. important, right? That's so it important. Is. It is. So that's why my website is come into the word. So I hope to draw people into the word to meet the Lord. Well, I think you certainly have. And we have a lot more to talk about during the second half. Uh, I want to say again, the name of her book is Becoming Women of the Word. We're going to talk a, lo a lot more about that in the second half. Um, we do have to take a short break. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Join us again here on Journeys in Faith. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic grammar school and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith and I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm a, you know, he, his big line to me is, 
you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice, the blood of Christ, and the bread as participation in the body of Christ, and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist or not? Welcome back to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry because we're also on YouTube and podcast too. So welcome back to all of our listeners and people who are watching on this show. And it's an amazing night for me because I am interviewing Sarah Chris Meyer. She is a wonderful Catholic author right here from my very area in the greater Philadelphia area. And on the first half of the show, we talked a lot about her writing and her journey to Catholicism, because she's also a convert. That's also very interesting, too. Uh, and we didn't really get to talk about your primary vocation. Obviously, you're a wife and a mom, too. And uh, your journey to Catholicism, you know, maybe that did affect your family, too. I'd love for you to talk more about your family to us. Uh, I am mar I've been married for, now I should know the exact number of years. It's over 30 years. Mm. 33 years, I think it is. And we have four children, uh, a daughter who is married, who has a, a little four-year-old. And then we have a son with four children and then two other sons who are not married. Uh, the youngest just left home. So we are newly empty nesters and um, living in the Philadelphia area, as you said. And I have loved being a mother. I love being a grandmother. And we have wonderful times together in the outdoors and reading and doing all the things that grandparents do. That's right. It's good to hear. And, uh, you know, as Catholics, you know, we have our occupation, right? But we have that primary vocation. So I definitely had to mention that because I know that uh, your vocation as wife and mother is uh, so, so special to you. And yes. part of why you are such an awesome writer and able to write about the wonderful women of the Bible and becoming <laughs> women of the word. So we definitely have to talk about that more during this half of the show. Um, before we do that, I thought uh, I would love for you to share with us uh, the fact that you're a Catholic author. Now you were a Protestant before. So what is it like to be a Catholic author? And uh, just any experiences that you'd like to share with us about uh, your authorship? I always wanted to be an author. Um, I love writing. I think my, I, I like to say my mind connects to my fingers better than it does to my mouth. Mm -hmm. um, I love writing. I love to, the way you can uh, 
make words live and make ideas live in people's mind by using words. But I really always wanted to write about the love of God to be able to share with people who he, who he is and how he loves them, because I think a lot of people don't know that. And I have been so blessed to experience his love and to have had an incredible family. I mean, I am Catholic now. I'm no longer Protestant, but I owe so much to my Protestant roots and to my very wonderful faith-filled family. Um, so, but that has inspired me to be able to write and to have been given this incredible opportunity to be able to use my writing to help people to grow in their faith has been a tremendous blessing. Um, it's, it's been wonderful. Yeah. And you know, your story's not over, right? <laughs> you have a lot more living to do and uh, I'm sure a lot more writing to do. So uh, thanks so much for sharing on that. Uh, now, right before the show started, we were talking about Bible verses and uh, oh, yeah. not that we need to recite all these different verses or whatever, you know, but I wondered if you could share with us your love of the Bible, because uh, most people who love the Bible, they also love scripture verses. So mm -hmm. I wondered if you had anything to say about that. Um, I have a favorite, I guess it's a, a life verse, you would call it. It's actually a life chapter. Uh, the very first chapter in Psalms, Psalms 1. And I'm glad you put up that picture of my book because uh, that, that the cover of the book reflects this chapter. So Psalm 1 talks about the, the blessed person who spends all of their time day and night meditating on the word of God and that that makes them like a tree that is planted by rivers of water. And if you look at the, at the book cover, it's in the desert. And if you've ever been in a desert, you know, not much grows there. And if you see a bunch of trees, you can guarantee that they're right along, uh, right along a river because their roots go in. And when in a land where there's not a lot of rain, they're not getting a lot of water. They have to be able to put their roots deep down in to be able to get that, that nourishment. So the thing that that chapter also says is that because the roots are plunged deep into, into the water, um, that its, its leaves don't wither and that it brings forth fruit and its season. And there's this idea of this tree that's really firmly planted by the water that isn't troubled when the drought comes and isn't troubled when the storm comes. So that to me says it all, because if your roots are deeply planted, and of course it's in scripture, it's also in prayer, it's in the, the Holy Spirit, the sacraments and so on. But the, the word is a huge part of that. When you're firmly rooted in that, it holds you steady in difficult times. And when when you feel like the wind is coming through and blowing everything away. <laughs> you know, you could be like a tumbleweed or you could be like a tree that stands there and stands strong and is ready for fruit again when the next season comes. So that is my favorite uh, verse or set of verses, I guess you would say. Amazing, thank you. And I love your book cover. So I'm glad you tied that all in together. Uh, on another topic, I wondered if you had any favorite saints or Catholic heroes that you wanted to talk about. Huh. Uh, well, I guess I could I could start with the ones that I keep with me all the time. <laughs> um, 
Saint Helena was my um, my confirmation saint, and at that time I was a little leery of saints. I wasn't really sure what all this bit was, and having to name myself, you know, after to take a, a saint's name was a really awkward thing for me. And as I was going through the book that the RCIA leader gave me, I ran across Saint Helena, and I saw her title under her. It said Seeker of the True Cross, and one of the people most dear to me in my life was my grandmother, who also was Helen. And if anybody was a seeker of the true cross, it was my grandmother. And she was so close to me. And I sort of made a connection with St. Helena and with my grandma, Helen. And she was with me when I became Catholic. And that was hard for me. But uh, I felt like I was following it for the truth. And um, anyway, so St. Helena has been dear to me. And as I take pilgrimages to the Holy Land, uh, it's a very special, special place because she found a lot of those places. And then um, I'll just mention one other. I have one that has St. Monica on one side and St. Augustine on the other side. And a friend of mine gave me that. And I, I thought it was wonderful because here's Monica who prayed for so many years for her son. And I have three sons who I pray for all the time. And I can really... I, lo I love St. Monica for her, um, the way she prayed for her son for so long. But then Augustine on the other side for his teaching and his great faith and for my teaching. And I, I feel like it's just a nice pairing. So I'm, I'm very fond of them also. Thank you so much for sharing, uh, especially when you talk about the grandmother. I know that some people are watching. Uh, you know, we have to thank our grandparents. Many times they're the people who pass on faith, you know, whether it's the Catholic faith or another faith, uh, they pass on that love of God, right? Yeah. And, and I know for myself, uh, I was very close with my grandmother and I think of her too. And she was also a convert. Oh, was she? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's another uh, longer story we won't get into. But, um, you know, she was Methodist to begin with and had converted to be Catholic when she was, I think, around 40, which oh, is wow. way before I knew her, you know. But um, but yeah, you think about those people who uh, made those decisions and, you know, it's all about that love of God. So uh, mm -hmm. I thank you so much for sharing uh, on that piece. Now, we, we don't want to leave this show. We got about 15, 20 minutes left without talking so much about your new book. So please do tell us what was it like? It's called Becoming Women of the Word, How to Answer God's Call with Purpose and Joy. I love having this book. I have lo I love having have read this book. I want to read also to the viewers um, something that Dr. Edward Shree, which a lot of you know, uh, he is a Catholic theologian. He said, Chris Myers, uh, Chris Meyer makes the women of the Bible come alive for us today. And we find in their faith journeys important lessons for our own. He's a Catholic theologian and author of Walking with Mary. And, you know, there's like about uh, three or four other uh, words of uh, compliment by some of your Catholic friends on the back cover of the book, mm -hmm. too. So you you um, segued into that nicely talking about your grandmother because mm -hmm. St. Saint, Saint Paul talks to Timothy and he reminds him of his grandmother Eunice and his mother Lois, or it might be the other way around, I forget which order it goes in, but Eunice and Lois and how his faith first lived in them and then was passed on to him. And he is encouraging Timothy to fan it into flame. 
And I think of that legacy that so many women have of passing on their faith to their grandchildren and their children and to their neighbors and, you know, friends and so on. And it's a very motherly kind of, uh, it's sort of a one of our feminine gifts, I think, that we're helping to raise other people in the faith spiritually. And so this book kind of came out of that um, a dual thing. One was I wanted to talk about some of the women of the Bible and in particular women of the Old Testament, because to me growing up, uh, we, we sort of majored on the Old Testament, or at least I did. I loved the Old Testament. And there are some wonderful, wonderful stories of, of women in the Old Testament who really were some of the first people who, um, who God revealed himself to and who got to know who he was and what it meant to follow God. I think of him holding his hand out to me and saying, I'm going this way. Are you coming? I mean, think about Sarah and Abraham having to go into this strange land and where are we going? But we're going with God. And there are all these incredible women in the Old Testament who teach us about faith. But then I had all these women and men also, but this was about women in this book. Um, but women in my, my own life, starting with my mother and both of my grandmothers and my great-grandmothers and aunts and uh, friends and so on, who were so instrumental in helping me to know uh, that God can be trusted. And um, I wanted to really help people to know that uh, when you're lost, when you're scared, when you're, you know, empty, when you're feeling challenged, when your world is falling apart, that you can trust God, that he is there for you. And all these women in the Old Testament that I write about, there's one for each chapter, um, each one of them is so relatable. Uh, when you get to know them, they're so much like us. And they fail, they struggle, and they triumph, you know, but they, when we get to know them, they teach us that we can trust God. And I paired each one of them up with a woman who I know who had taught me kind of a similar lesson through her life. So all those women are combined together in this book. And I'm glad that you like it. I, I love all of them. And it's a real wonderful thing. I was able to share them. Yeah, I think it's coming to at a time, to be honest, that it's a perfect time in history with the year that all of us have had during this pandemic. And many people have been a little discouraged, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And this book is geared for women. And, yeah. and think about it, women are really, I think, the heart of the home in many ways. Mm -hmm. And when they can read a book like this and learn about becoming women of the word, it really does help to live out our vocations better in love of God and in love of others. So mm -hmm. uh, I just thank you so much for doing such a good job on this book. And it's very uh, readable, meaning that it's not boring in any sense of the word. Uh, it doesn't take that long to read the chapters. And, you know, you give people enough to think about until they come back again, that they're not overwhelmed. It's just Good. enough. So uh, that's where I would encourage, even if you're not a big reader, this is a great book. Because um, I also like, like, the size of the print, too. I mean, it's not uh, <laughs> the, the print itself in the book is not that tiny little print because um even though i don't have them on right now i mean i do wear glasses so <laughs> you can lie in bed and read them without putting your right glasses on. <laughs> exactly i love that 
I thought I could read something else from the back cover. It says, um, from your friend Catherine Meeks, the executive director of Endow. She says, Sarah Chris Meyer beautifully and personally walks us through the lives of such incredible models as Ruth, Miriam, and Esther, sharing with us not only our rich heritage as modern Catholic women, but also examples of true luminaries to help guide each of us on our unique paths to eternity. Not perfect. I mean, we each have that unique path. So that's what I like about your writing is that we're on the unique path, but we can be guided by these wonderful women of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So that's just very incredible. Um, another question I thought I could ask you, because, I mean, you really are a person who's an expert in scripture, even though you might not want to admit that, but you really are. Um, would you have a few tips regarding reading Holy Scripture so that people can be um, brought along the correct path in really understanding it? Ah, sure. Um, I think the first thing I would say is don't be afraid to read it. Uh, a lot of people are afraid. I mean, it's a big book, uh, 73 books, I think it is, altogether, uh, but it takes quite a while to read. Um, but God wants to talk to you, and he wants you to understand what he has to say, and he wants to reach your heart and meet with you in his word. So um, I think don't be afraid to read it. And just like with getting to know a, a person, it's going to take some time and you need to spend time. So I would encourage you to, um, to not be afraid, but also to make it a habit and spend a lot of time there. I was thinking about how um, when, you're, when you're getting to know someone, like when I was getting to know my husband, we, I would spend as much time as I could with him. And I wanted to spend some time every day with him. And it didn't matter if it was really deep, intense, meaningful time, you know, just being around him was cool. <laughs> and I think if we can get like that with the Lord in scripture, just even if, just like we go to daily mass, you know, we don't always get something out of daily mass or out of weekly mass or whatever, but we go and we're getting fed spiritually. It's the same thing with scripture. We make it a habit. We spend time with him. It'll slowly start to sink in. And the, the more familiar we are, then the better we, we, the more we start to hear his voice, the more we can um, hear, recognize his voice when we hear it, I guess. And the other thing is to pray with it. So to pray before you read it, to pray during it, and don't be afraid to just talk back to God as you're reading. Respond based on the things that you understand. And just don't worry about the things you don't understand to begin with, but talk to him, ask him to speak to you, and he will because he wants to. So those would be the things I would say. Oh, that's awesome. And do you feel that for yourself? Because I know that, you know, when it comes to learning and growing, I mean, we're the first students, right? So <laughs> meaning that we want to teach other people, but a lot of times we teach what we've already learned, right? I mean, have you, hmm. do you feel that some of the things that you're teaching to people in some of the books that you've written, and especially in your new book, right? Hmm. Um, are they things that you've also learned yourself? Oh, you yeah. Say? Yeah. Um, that's actually how kind of how I learn is by writing, uh, like I learn as I'm doing it. But um, I think actually the Becoming Women of the Word book is a good example of that, because in the process, 
I got to know somebody who I didn't expect to get to know, and that was Mary. Um, I point out how all of these women of the Old Testament point forward to the Blessed Mother. And um, in getting to know them and in just starting to think about that and how they point toward her, I got to know her better also. And that was a gift to me because I did not grow up knowing Mary. And it was it has taken me a while to get to know her. So that was a real treat, I think. Yeah, I would think so that for a convert like yourself, and I remember even with my grandmother, because she didn't grow up in uh, that whole family life of like thinking or being um, or honoring in any way, you know, the blessed mother, mm -hmm. she was Jesus's mother. And that that was it, you know, uh, nothing, nothing more than that. And not saying that in a discounting way, but as Catholics, we really do uh, look at her as a saint. Right. And that's who she was, mm -hmm. is the mother of Christ, who has all the virtues, the virgin mother. Right. And that we're trying to emulate her. And she's our mother, too. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you as a convert, have you experienced that as well, that not only that she is Jesus's mother, right, but she's also our mother, too. Yeah. And at first, I was so concerned about the theology behind it. I think I thought of her as a set of doctrines. And it took a while before I understood, oh, she's actually a person that I need to try to get to know. And one of the first ways that I got to know her that was helpful to me was I thought of her not just being mother of Jesus, but mother of the word. And then I mm. could see how the way the way she like in the Annunciation, when she hears from the Lord and she takes that in and she ponders it. And even though she doesn't understand it, she ponders it until it actually takes root inside of her. I mean, the seed grows inside of her and takes flesh and becomes Jesus. That's what every single one of us does as a Christian, whether we're male or female. We're hearing God's word. We're letting it implant in us. We're saying yes to it. And we are allowing it to take root and to grow within us. We give it flesh in the world. And I love, I just love that image. And that made me feel close to her because I thought, oh, that's how I can model her, model myself after her and ask her help to be like that. And then the whole, as she's mother, I, I tell a little story at the end of my book. I was in um, Israel and my uncle actually came along with us. And he what he told me this story he was sitting in uh the bottom of this church that was the church of the dormition where mary's um uh just as she died and then went up to heaven she's there and there was a picture of the blessed mother in the back of the church and he sat and watched as this old woman kind of shuffled in and walked over and then just laid her head against the against the painting against mary's breast and just stood there and closed her eyes. And I guess she prayed for a minute and then she left. And he said, he, he realized in that moment what Catholics meant when they talk about Mary as a mother. And I thought that was the most beautiful thing. And uh, I'm jealous of that a little bit with a, a lot of Catholics who seem to take to that a little bit more naturally. I still struggle with it a little bit, not the idea of it, but it, um, it just it doesn't come as easily to me, but I'm finding it immensely attractive. Thank you so much for sharing. And, you know, 
all of us have some kind of like struggle with our faith. It could be, you know, something to do with learning about the saints or the blessed mother or the papacy, something, right? Yeah. So I think the first step in wanting to grow in that area is to do what you just did. You just admitted that it was an area that you, you might have some struggle. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's what Sarah's writing is all about. That's what becoming woman of the word is about. It's a, it's a book to help you grow. Right. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of the books that you've written do that. They, they try to help people to grow, you know, in the back of the book, it's a, a Catholic Bible study really is what it is. It's the mm -hmm. category of what it is. And I thought I'd read just one more because it was just so great to read this um, from uh, Ellen Vaughn, who is the author of It's All About Him, says becoming woman of the word is not only rich, thoughtful, invigorating portrayal of heroines of faith who have gone before us. It also explores practical, non-preachy takeaways of how the ancient truths these women knew can, in fact, transform our often frantic lives today. I mean, that's... Uh, very good words of advice, I think, because we're all busy. Everybody's busy. You know, even though yeah. we've gone through this pandemic and most of us are home a lot of the time, I think we're all still very busy. So when you take time to read a book like Becoming Women of the Word, How to Answer God's Call with Purpose and Joy is a way that you can really find God more deeply in your life. So mm -hmm. I want to thank you so much. Thank you for writing a great book. Thank you for being a guest here on Journeys in Faith. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Thank I you. Loved it. Now, after this show is over, I have to invite people. And Sarah, you will correct me if I get this title incorrect. I'm just going to say that. I okay. think I have it correctly. But there is an opportunity for you to watch another show called Five Minutes of Faith. And the topic is five ways to find peace, peace, with Sarah Chris Meyer. Now, did I say that title correctly? I want to make sure that I have it. Well, it's five steps to peace, five steps to five peace, steps to peace. Yeah. So you want to go to a website called patreon.com slash patchwork heart ministry, because there is an opportunity. Now, as you can see up on the screen there, now it is a subscription service and the journeys in faith, or excuse me, the five minutes of faith uh, section there is a five dollar uh, donation there that you can get uh, become a subscription to uh, to the Patchwork Heart Ministry Discover Your Mission series. There's also wonderful upgrades there, as you can see right there on the screen. So if you come to that website, you can watch, you can subscribe, and watch this uh, program with Sarah and I. Those five steps to peace. So please do, please do come. And Sarah, again, I thank you. I want to remind everybody to go to your website again to comeintotheword.com. Mm -hmm. And will you come back again sometime to Journeys in Faith? Absolutely. Anytime you want. So. Thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless you. God bless. God bless everyone. And we'll see you next week, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Journeys in Faith. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.